Mm. My, I'm starting. Let's... You, wanna, you went to my book yet, don't you? Yeah, but we do that. That's in the middle somewhere. Oh. James, the... do you still do your podcast? You were doing one at one point, right? Yeah, I was. Um, I tried to keep doing it when I was in the States, and I did. But when I since I come back, I sort of – I've tried to change okay. a lot of things, and then we – Went pretty much into lockdown probably a few months afterwards, so I haven't really enjoyed oh, it. I sort okay. of stopped it. Just us arrogant pricks in the states don't give a fuck. We don't give a shit about lockdown. No. We don't give a shit Listen, about anybody. You guys are crazy. <laughs> I've been pretty much in my see. This is the difference. Like I'm over, you know, I'm East Coast in Boston. Like we're pretty much locked down still. Like the bars are closed. You can't have events. You're out in Montana. We're fucking. It's the Wild West, literally. This is crazy, man. I can't leave my house for more than five kilometers, which is, I don't know how many miles. It's not far. Yeah. But how many cases do you guys have? Um, we're having, we just hit, we're having uh, around 200 cases a day in my state. Okay. That's about, that's what we had in Boston uh, reported today. So well, that, so we yeah, have Montana. We're not, we're not allowed to leave our house, not even for work. We can only go to the, to the shop for, for grocery items or the, or the, Drugstore, the pharmacy, that's it. Can't go anywhere else. All the bars are closed, the gyms are closed. You can't, you can only exercise for an hour a day and you can't drive to exercise. So you can't drive to a park because parks are closed. You can't do any sport, nothing. Yeah. Just just so you know, there's people in the States over here that think this is a hoax. Like, like we shouldn't be in lockdown. Like, we shouldn't. Like, it's. There's people here that are like that too. Don't worry. (laughs) Fuck. I'm going to take this everywhere. Josh, are you good? You're like running all around. Hey. You all right? I had, I had to get this fucking shit first. Okay. <laughs> then I had to fucking get this shit first. Second. <laughs> so, yeah. I am. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to go. All right. What's up, TIW Mafia? JP here. I got Josh with me. And we got somebody from the land down under. That's it, when all the way down here. Beer, you guys drink your beer out of oil cans, don't you? Oh, that's that's what they say we do. We just, to be fair, we'll drink them out of anything. I'll, I've drank a lot of beer out of my own shoes, so um, whatever, <laughs> whatever works the taste, for the beer is good to me. It's the taste. Um, it's that, not so much the taste; it's more when you put your shoe back on afterwards and it's all wet. Yeah, that's uncomfortable, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. This is the J stick, J X T. Somebody that I mean, you've toured pretty much. I know you've toured the U.S. quite a bit, mm-hmm. obviously Australia. I mean, you've been to Alaska wrestling. Yes, as well, yeah. I've tried to do as much as I can that I've been allowed to. Um, if I could, I'd wrestle every day in every different country, but it's just, yeah, it's being down here, we're so far away from things, and it's one place to fit, one thing to physically go somewhere, and it's another thing to get a booking somewhere and be able to financially make it viable. So, yeah, I've tried to make the most out of life and the opportunities that I can get. No, but Australia, I mean, back in the day, Australia was like one of the huge territories. Yeah, back in the like the 60s and 70s, on a lot, we used to have, um, yeah, the WCW Australia, Josh Barnett, and they used to have Andre, Big John Studd, you know, yeah. San Martino, a lot of these guys, Snooker, they'd come out here because, Killer yeah, there was... Kowalski, yeah, there was a huge territory out here. Kowalski was a world champion out there for a little bit. Yeah, we used to get Bruiser Brody come down to, like, we used to have on a Sunday afternoon, this was way before I was born, but on Sunday afternoons they would have uh, 
wrestling every Sunday and it was it was massive. And what happened was eventually the cricket took took over the TV deal and then wrestling died in Australia for a now short time it, there. Yeah. Is that is it like what's the indie scene like there now, the independent wrestling scene? Um the last sort of five, six years it's really uh boomed. And a lot of the reason for that, not so much the talent is, I think it's more the, the talent's always been here. It's the promotions have sort of gotten on top of things, being able to market themselves better with having streaming online. So they've been able to grow more because you see a lot of the Australian talent that's, you know, especially in WWE, there's a lot of them. They're all guys that have been on the independence here in Australia for like 10 years, you know, and even like with New Japan, with Robbie Eagles, like, these guys have been in wrestling and putting on good quality matches in Australia for a long time. It's just getting it noticed and being such a big country with a small population, it's hard to get the numbers into the door and then to spread the word. But yeah, slowly it's picking up, you know, around here. Other than right now, there's no wrestling, but you know, it is doing a lot better in the last few years. Now you guys are on complete lockdown now, like we are in Boston, Montana, where there's no wrestling anyway. Josh can do whatever he wants, but still can't go to a wrestling <laughs> shows. We don't give a shit out here. We do what we want, how we want. No, you guys we're, are we're crazy. Still, we're still socially responsible, but we're still it's a state. No, you're not. No, you're not. I've been watching Yellowstone. I, I've been watching I, Yellowstone. <laughs> hey, don't fuck with the bears. Don't fuck with the bears. Oh man, I was so scared of bears. Bears when I was in the states. I was like, if I see a bear, I don't know what what I'll do. Well, you were. Did, I mean, where did you? Obviously, like Alaska. I know Massachusetts because I met you up here. Yeah. In New York, New Jersey, because I know you did um, Wrestle Pro. Uh, yeah. How, so, how many states did you get to tour? Did you get to see a lot of it? Yeah, I got. I think I did eleven states. I've done eleven okay. or twelve states total. I um I did I did a small tour in twenty sixteen. I did a I did a one month trip where I was at OVW for a couple of weeks, and then I did a little bit of the Northeast, which is where I've ended up at WrestlePro. But then yeah, this the most recent trip in twenty nineteen. I um I was living on Kevin Matthews' couch, who's um one of the promoters at WrestlePro as well. And yeah, Kevin was great. So on off Kevin's couch, I'd try and get bookings as much as I could anywhere I could, and just travel wherever I could go. So um. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the boys, a lot of people helped me out and, you know, were like, oh, we've got a show over here. Do you want to come? I'd reach out to promoters myself. Um, and, yeah, I tried to do as much of it as I can. Like you said, go. I went all the way up to Toronto. I went to Massachusetts. I went to Delaware. And I was like, I didn't even know what Delaware was until <laughs> I was there. So, um, yeah, I just tried to get out as much as I could. And, um, yeah, just be true. That's same as the wrestling down here. Try and make things grow, you know? Yep. No, you have a How? tag partner. Are you 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 were tagging up with another um, an Australian female for a little while, right? Yeah, Shazza McKenzie. Shazza is amazing. We love Shazza. Awesome. Yeah, now she's really cool. Um, as she's in the same boat as me in a lot of ways. Yeah. Where she we're in different states in Australia. We live in different states. Uh, they're about twelve hour drive in between, so we're not close by any means. But um, we'd always be on the same shows locally here in Australia, and we're both in the same boat as we save our money from our real jobs, um, fly ourselves over to the United States on these big tours or trips and just try to get as many bookings and get noticed as possible. And, you know, she, every, all, everything she's earned has just been from her own hard work of, you know, she's had matches at NXT matches in AEW. She's done everything she can to get her name out there and push and push and get opportunities. So, um, yeah, I think people don't understand how hard it is for, coming from such a small country with not much of a recognition when it comes to knowing out who our wrestlers are on the big stage. So yeah, I think 
the two of us having that in common helped, especially when we were here in the States at the same time, you know, getting bookings together was really cool. Now, you say with not rec- much recognition, but you think it's a little easier now because I think the Iconics are Australian as well, right? Yeah, there's that's, a lot of them. That's the biggest thing I was going to say is, like, if you watch, and I guess that's how hard it hit, hits too, you know, JXT is that it's like, we had Shaza on here. It's almost been two years now when she was over here and doing uh, the King of Trios, yeah. and she's done EW as well. And, uh, you know, the difficult thing is, is like, there's so much talent over there. Like, even when NXT came over to Australia, well, I mean, that's been, that's been a good time now. But, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, the hardest part is like, even when you see the minute and a half promo of the Iconics on the WWE Network and you see Shaza there in the middle of that. I mean, it's a struggle. It's not, it's not an easy road. It's a struggle. And if, if. If you're not there and you're not what they need and it's not that time, then they'll absolutely let you know. Yeah, it's until uh, Emma or Tennille Dashwood signed on with WWE, I think maybe 2011 or 12. um, It was her and then Buddy Murphy not long after her. Until then, the only other Australian on a big big name promotion was the front row Nathan Jones, if you can remember him. Yes. Right? Nathan was Australian. Yeah, and wow. um, they did they did a tour of Australia, and he got homesick, and he quit on the tour and never went back. So I don't know if they put a black line through Australians and said no more, or there was no for like almost ten years, not a single Australian got a look in. And um, yeah, until Emma and Tennille got in there, and then Buddy Murphy, and then you know the Iconics are there, and then the ball got rolling. Now there's Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink, Mikey Nichols was there, Bronson yeah. Reed's on NXT tonight. So there's. Yeah. Yeah, they're now, so, but the, all those guys I just named, they were all working independence yeah. in Australia for, the, like I said, the last 10 years. We've all been doing it. It's just no one sees it. Not enough right. people have known it. I met Mikey years ago one time because he did a show up here for um, a different company in New England. Um, mm-hmm. And he wrestled uh, Frigal DeVitt for the NWA. It was part of the NWA title tournament. Yep. Yeah. That, and then that's the same um, thing. Like Mikey and, and Shane were. They trained with those guys and um, over at that LA dojo, and they they were just trying to get their name out there as much as they could. Same as like Shazza and me at this time, we're different generations, but it's the same thing. We've got these great wrestlers. It's just not enough yeah. people are watching our product in Australia, so for us to get the same opportunities, and it, it it's almost burns you up inside to sit here. You know, I'm so far away from everything, and we're in lockdown yet. I watch all my friends in the States, but like they're getting opportunities, which I'm so happy for. I'm like, oh, if I could just have, you know, 10% of the opportunities that, that I could get, that they're getting because they guys, these guys get to have, you know, extra work every week or they're, you know, they're having yeah. people watch their promotions or their shows or there's enough buzz and enough eyes on their product that if you have a really good match, people start talking about it and it creates a buzz. Whereas down here, there's not enough of that. Like Australians, not, not many of them even use Twitter, let alone can generate buzz from a match here. So that's just true. trying to create something. Yeah. And that's one thing in lockdown I've been working on with my, another friend of mine, um, Philip, we, we run a wrestling school here and a wrestling promotion that we're get, trying to set things up. So when we get back, we can hopefully online start creating something that people can see because yeah, the talent's here and it's showing because the main companies are picking up Aussies left, right and center. But we just, there's, there's even, there's more of it here. We just want to be able to showcase it and show the world. What I'm going to do for you guys is I'm going to start a social media site and I'm going to take the two middle T's out of Twitter. <laughs> the, the, the ones, the two middle T's. 
Yeah, there is the, there's two middle T's in Twitter, you know. What do you mean? You say the, Twitter. The, is in the letters? Yes. Twitter? Yeah, I mean, I said it'll be, that way there it'll be spelled how you guys say it. Everyone does it to me because I'm from Boston. They spell everything yeah. that has an R with an A-H, yeah. so. I'll, I'll give you an example. JP, please say Sasha Banks. No, because I, <laughs> I, I want a Sasha Banks. Sasha. Sasha Banks. It's, nah, it's Sasha. To me, that's Sasha. <laughs> Sasha Banks. You get you get always, A's differently. Uh, it's yeah. it's a uh, it's we give JP a hard time because especially being um, Irish, especially in Massachusetts, and especially in Southie, like anything that ends in an A automatically gets changed to ER, and everything like, that ends in an ER gets changed to a very hard A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. your accent's strong, man, and like that's one thing I noticed. But not just that, I found that when I was in the states, like saying things like people would not understand what I was saying. Uh, they just like if you got people can understand you, you're winning. You're already ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we're arrogant pricks in the states, man. It really is. Uh, like, I don't know. I think maybe you're just not used to hear like because all of our TV. A lot of we watch a lot of American TV and movies and actors and like wrestling. So I'm used to hearing American accents, all the different kinds, every day. Whereas, how often do you hear an Australian accent on your TV or your your iPhone? What about long? But one of the most run commercials here in the states was a stupid lizard with an Australian accent offering you 15 percent off or something. It, is that the Geico? Yes, <laughs> I've just seen that ad, and I was like, "That is the worst Australian accent I've ever seen." It doesn't even sound like Aussie. <laughs> I was, I was watching, and I'm like, "Is he? He's, he's a gecko?" Because we call, we have him out here. They call geckos. I'm like, "Is he yeah. meant to be a?" Because we wouldn't yeah. say geico. Right, it's the geico but, gecko is what it is. Yeah, but we, but like looking at the like even the way it said geico, we it'd be geco to us, like the way it's written. And That's... I was listening to him speak. I'm like, he doesn't even sound. I'm like, is he meant to be Australian? But you confirmed it, so he is. Yes, yeah, that's exactly what it's supposed to be. Uh, Kevin Matthews always give me give me shit because um I always call people Mark. I'm like, oh look at this Mark, what a Mark, and he'd always say Mark because he would say <laughs> he would say it like you, yeah. he'd say Mark, and I would say Mark, and he'd go Mark, Mark, Mark. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, Mark. It's a Mark. It's a Mark. It's a Mark. It's a Mark. See Mark. 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 <laughs> Now, what's the difference? Is there much difference in the styles? I know, like, when you go from country to country, a lot of times there's a little bit of a difference in the wrestling. Is there a difference in the style of wrestling from when you're in the ring with somebody here to when you're in the ring with someone in Australia? Um, Definitely. Not so much in the technical, like, the actual way the wrestling works, but more so in just the psychology of the matches. Um, Before, when I first... So I started wrestling in 2011, and that was when Emma first, Tenille first got signed, and all those guys we sort of spoke about had started doing these tours when I first started breaking in. So a lot of the information they found out was that, like, Australian wrestling is almost 10 years behind the independent scene in the States because your wrestling is so far forward, and, like, people talk about, like, the indie style, and it's that almost, like, no selling, everything's bigger and done in more combos, and it's such a faster pace, and I know... Yep. With the three month trips I did last time, my my match, my first match I did when I arrived on the tour compared to my last match, I'd completely changed everything I did because it was it was like I was wrestling like a decade behind, and and it's by no fault of anyone here. We're trying to catch up, and it's 
just that it's a completely different style. It's much more fast forward. It's mate, uh, because there's so much more wrestling. The indie fans, especially in the Northeast, see so much of it. They've seen a tackle drop down hip toss a million times. Whereas here in our country, because there's only one or two shows a weekend in each state, the fans aren't seeing it as much and as often. So that stuff still works. So people still do it. Whereas it's just evolved much more I found in the States. So yeah, trying to blend that together, I found was a real struggle at first, but definitely in the, especially like the Northeast, the, the real hot territories that I'm sure it'd be like that. That used to be the difference between new England wrestling and New York, New Jersey wrestling is New York, New Jersey did that. What's now the indie style a lot earlier than new England. Mm -hmm. And we were like that traditional, um, go in there and really tell the story and uh, sell it a lot more than um, New York, New Jersey was to me. And I didn't appreciate that style the way I do now. Yeah, then that would make sense because New York, New Jersey, there is there's a show on every day. Yeah. You know, and yeah, there, there's and you would see the same fans at every show every day. So when you're seeing so much of it, it gets yeah. old quick. So they got to it's got to evolve and change and either get faster or you get different and yeah definitely i think there's a change in styles and more so yeah it's just a much faster pace and like you said that when people sort of say that indie style there's much less of that style here in australia and i think yeah, trying to blend the two and make it work over here is uh it's been a challenge and because i want to put good matches on for our audience here and not you know do too much for them but you also want to have a match that if i put it on the internet the indie fans of New York, New Jersey, who have seen me and know me will hopefully see it and push it and be like, oh, look at this match. So it's, yeah, it's been a bit of a challenge. Now you, you think you're in the process of opening a school up too, huh? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So just before the lockdown got us, um, at the start of this year, we opened the Relentless School of Pro Wrestling. It's an hour west of Melbourne. Um, and just in that sort of area, there was no other wrestling school with a working ring within an hour of it. So we thought anyone that lives out in that area would be good. Um, another, the wrestler that originally trained me, Jake Navarra, he has a, has a gym, he's a personal trainer, he has his own gym and he wanted a bigger place. And he said, look, if we get a bigger place, I need to make more rent money. But if we put a, put a ring in it, my friend Philip, he wrestles as Fox. He, he had a ring and he's like, we put the ring in it. The three of us can run a wrestling school. Like we've always wanted to, that way we'll have a place to train close to home and we can start a school. So yeah, we've been putting a lot of time into that. I was actually doing some match feedback for some of our students today. Because while in lockdown, we can't physically train. We're still doing match breakdowns and promos. And yeah, I've been putting a lot of time into that. So hopefully, like I said before, I can we can build and train our guys up to that style. Then we can help run a promotion and run shows that hopefully can catch more eyes on our product. That's awesome. That's it's. I know a few of the schools up here right now because of this are struggling because the schools in Massachusetts it's like a $500 fine if they get caught operating. So, I mean, that's um, $500 for us, we, that they can't afford. Well, it's individually, if you're caught doing something outside of the lockdown, which is leaving your house for a non-essential um, reason, it's a $1,600 fine. And if you're a business that's operating when you should, when you haven't been deemed essential, so a gym is one of those, uh, it's a $20,000 fine for the business. This lockdown is very strict at the moment. I couldn't so imagine <laughs> the backlash if they told us we can't leave our house. Oh, we got, man. We got, we got NFL and all NBA stuff going on, and now you, you're a pretty big footy fan, right? I think mm -hmm. you're a Bulldog 
and your Western That's Bulldogs. That's it, mate. The mighty Western Bulldogs. Like, are you guys like? Are they? Are you guys playing? I mean, is there plans to, for this to start up to go on? Like, is so, it? Yeah, they are. They are the only sport that is really they um they've played almost through the whole thing, but they've had to stop the season here and there. And at the moment, what they've done is my state, Victoria, has the worst breakout. Whereas a lot of the other states, some of them are only having two, three cases a day. So some of them are doing really well. And what they've done is they've moved all the teams into three states. And they have hubs set up there. And those three teams, and all the teams, sorry, just playing in three states. I think the NBA did the same thing. Everyone moved to Florida. Yes. And they're all, they're pretty much, they're locked down. Yeah. So our, our AFL, Australian football, is doing the same thing. They're all in their own lockdown hubs. And um, yeah, they're still playing. But like in Perth, for instance, Western Australia is the state. They're only having two or three cases a day. They're almost out of lockdown. They're, they're having 30,000 people go to their games a week. So they're so, allowed to have big gatherings, but only up to thirty thousand at the moment. That's... Cool. So I'm 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 a like JP. This might be new to you, but I'm a I'm a footy fan too, right? So I, I it's just something since I was over in Japan and that's cool. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it's one of those things. So I wanted to take the chance to ask you since we had you is like uh, Bailey Smith, like Baz. What's what's that for Baz you Alenka. guys? Like, yeah. 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 He um he's a legend. He's um he's only eighteen nineteen and he is killing it at the moment. Um, the big long flowing mullet. Uh, just knowing that like, I'm, there's been a big push in the last year or two for like Australian football in America. They've been starting to broadcast it there and push it there a lot more. NBC but, um, does a lot. NBC does a lot. Yes. Yeah, and I know Pat McCarthy got onto it and he's been like loving it. And all the press from him has done a lot for the game here. At least getting it the same as and it's the same as our wrestling like. We have an awesome sport in our football. Just no nobody except for us sees it. <laughs> so I guess um, that's the, the other part of that too is like there's when people talk about Australian, just like laid back, cool, whatever. But the other part of that too is like you guys play just as hard as you work. Like the work ethic yeah. comes just with the play. So when when we talk about like football and footy. I, I pads are cool and all this stuff, but like when you talk <laughs> about this kid, this kid being eighteen, nineteen to be in the real deal, like he's he's willing to punch him in the face to go. Yeah, like I played football my whole, you know, my whole life. I even played. I think I played a game last year too. And I have I have two friends that play AFL, and yeah, yeah, they're um. I had one friend. He he's he plays for the the Giants in Sydney, and he was getting a jab, an injection in his shoulder before every game just to just to play through, just to play through the pain. Um, for like a whole season, and yeah, it's a tough physical sport, but I think that's in our our nature is very work hard, work really hard, and then really enjoy yourself on the back end. So we have a lot of people that like I think it's just a lifestyle. We work really hard, and I noticed Melbourne's very fast pace. And I found one thing in being in the United States was everyone was not so much laid back, but everyone was just like the pace of life was a lot calmer. And when I was in New York, I felt it was a bit more fast-paced. Everything's moving around a bit more. But if you, you're in Melbourne in the middle of the day, it's very fast-paced. Everyone's in a rush to get somewhere. But then on the weekends, it's the opposite. Everyone's partying and drinking and laying back and watching sports. So it's, I think it's, yeah, it's a very work-hard, party-hard attitude I think we have. It, it, does it, it translate on the field too, right, with footy? I mean, it really does, it's especially with – do you feel like the team embodies that – 
uh, I guess, city, kind of like our sports do. Like Boston, JP, and his Patriots just being dickheads. <laughs> like anybody from Boston's a fucking prick. That's just how it goes. I think I think that's more on the fans. I think like the football players themselves are very work our ass off all season, and we always we have this thing called footy trip. So footy trip is a tradition, and at the end of the season, or oh, the team goes away for a week and drinks. In the rule is on footy trip. I've been on a ton of these, and you could if you survive them, you've done well. Um, so we went we went to different states, like we go to the beach states, or we we went to Bali in our last one. You need to be at the bar at nine a.m. with a beer in hand, and for every minute you're not in the bar past nine a.m. with a beer in your hand, you need to skull or chug an entire an entire beer for every minute you're late. And every day for the footy trip, you have a best on, which is like an MVP. And then you have a worst on, which is like your biggest loser or the worst performer for the day. And the worst performer of the day has to wear a pink singlet for the whole day. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's, and that's the culture. That's it. It's like we've worked our asses off all season. Now we're going to enjoy it and spend the whole week drunk. <laughs> you know? Do you show up late just to pound a beer or two, though? I mean, not lately, um, but like a minute or two just to pound well, a couple of beers. You don't. We always say with those footy trips, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And if that if that happens to you, like it'll get you early. Um, so yeah, it's some of the boys would, but yeah, if you if you get MVP of a day on the footy trip, you've performed and done a done a bloody entertaining day. I'll tell you that. I remember one. You know they have those temporary <laughs> tattoos and stuff. We had them all over our faces and stuff. <laughs> looking yeah, like uh, looking like Takashi Six Nine. Yeah, but the. Um, <laughs> We have that, and we have another thing called Mad Monday, where it's like the last game of the year is on normally a Saturday, and then so you, you start drinking the second the game finishes on the Saturday. You drink all through to Sunday, which is silly Sunday, and then on the Mad Monday, you all dress up in stupid costumes and you have another day drinking all day. So it's like a whole, it's like a big bender, which is again the end of the season. We have silly sunny Sunday, Mad Monday, and then you have footy trip a couple of weeks later. So yeah, it's again, it's that. That's just the footy mentality. They go balls to the wall all year. Like you said, he's eighteen, no pads, and then yeah, they'll they'll party and enjoy it afterwards. No worries. If you're when you're playing Aussie rules, like if you're not playing on the pro level, if you're playing for fun, base not for fun, but you know. But yeah, like at the local level, like I have. Yeah, are you yep. are you able to drink on game days, or is that strictly? Oh for... yeah, no, nah, okay. it, it's encouraged. The um, the footy clubs. There's actually there's more money in local football than there is um like local wrestling, like. The, the boys will always laugh at the money I make wrestling. Like that, they get some of them. I have friends that play in my local town for my local football team. They get a thousand dollars a game, wow! And they they use it as a second income almost. And um, the football clubs survive off the beer money. So like my dad, huh. all his friends, all the older blokes, and the uh, you know families of the local teams go and watch the local football, and they just drink like crazy. And the football clubs make their money off that. No. So just like a wrestling promotion, they make money on the gate, off the beer, and they have functions. So it'll be the games on Saturday at two o'clock, but Saturday night at the football club, they're having a you know a dress up party, or they're having a DJ party, or a raffle, or they have a comedian, and they have these big functions where it's really just about drinking. That's cool. Now, what about gambling? <laughs> yeah, um, me and my friends are talking about being in lockdown. We've got nothing to do. Um, our betting apps on our phone have been going crazy. Betting on sports, betting on horses. Um, and another thing, too, I've noticed in the United States, you guys, so we have these things like we have pubs, right? Like a bar. Yeah. But yes. A lot of pubs and clubs, they have pokies or poker machines or what, what would you, they have them like in Atlantic City at the casino. You know, you pull the yeah, lever yes. and 
ding, ding, ding. We have them in every local town at pubs. So some towns, some states here are allowed to do that, but I think most are not with the gambling. Yeah, or it's only on native land you have them. Is that correct? Yes. For the most part, yes. We have them in every single town. So That's every cool. yes, with the pokies, we call them the poker machines, the pokies. Man, we like in every. In sorry, in Montana we have in Montana we have the same thing, but they're uh, like Kino, um, reels. Everything, everything, but it's all digitized, and they're in every yeah, gas it's station. Exactly like digitized yeah. reels. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like a normal. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, have. I mean, we have Kino and Lottery here, but yeah, we have all that here too. But even it's like you'll finish your work on a Wednesday at four o'clock. You'll go to the pub at five. You'll see all the locals. You have a beer. You have a bet on the game that's on TV. You'll have like the Kino, like you know the numbers on the TV, and there'll be yeah the real machines, the poker machines in another room. You go in there, play them for a bit. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's part of the culture. Like, And that's one thing I found weird. I'm like, you guys don't have, like, your bars don't have pokey machines. No. Where they're like, no, nah, they're, only, they're only at the casinos. But here, they're in every pub and people play them like crazy. Like, sometimes we wrestle in venues that have them. So before the show, I'll come, <laughs> I'll set up. All right, we've got an hour to the show. I'm going to go play the poker machines for 20 minutes. I'll come back. Now, we just picked up a new sponsor, and that's why I asked about that. Awesome. So I'm going to do a quick, just a live read out here. Um, for mybookie.com, where you can actually book on Aussie Rules football, along with all of the major sports here in the U.S. as well, and they have a little casino set up. Winning season returns at mybookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means survivor, super contests, and squares. At mybookie, winning season means hitting all your parlays and props with your feet up. Watching your team trounce their rivals. Rejoice! It's time to celebrate the NFL season. Football's back, people. Come on. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code TIW and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. From live betting to championship futures, every play you want to make is waiting at my bookie. It's simple. Make your picks. Win big. Collect your cash. Use promo code TIW and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today, only at my bookie. Guys, you can bet on everything. We, you know, we're interviewing JXT. We've had him on from Australia. You want to bet on Aussie Rules football? Guess what? It's on there. You know, we're a wrestling podcast. You want to rest? You want to bet on the WWE? Guess what? It's on there, guys. MyBookie.com, promo code TIW, doubles your first deposit, up to $1,000. That's a grand, guys. So go ahead, check out MyBookie, promo code TIW. You can get up to $1,000. You help us a little bit. You help yourself. You win some money. What's to lose, guys? MyBookie.com, promo code TIW. MyBookie.com, they've got Aussie Rules Football, too. I'll have to get on. Yes, I just as you guys were talking about that, I was like, "Oh, I gotta look real quick because this will be a great spot." That's perfect because yeah, me and my friends, we were all we all have a group chat, and in the group chat, we always like, oh, "What bets are we putting on today, boys? Who do we think's gonna have more than fifteen disposals, or who's gonna kick more than two goals?" Yeah, I'm not a huge gambler, but I like I the only sport that I'll bet on because it's the only one I'm really educated on is NFL football, U.S. football. Mm-hmm. Um, you sort of need to know your stuff, don't you? Yes. Because you got to know who everybody is, who's injured, who's not. 
yep. you know, who plays well in what climate. And Yeah, that's another thing too. You might Some of the boys get stitched up because they'll have a bet for a tall player to kick goals, but then it rains and then there's like a low-scoring game and then it's like, oh, I didn't know it was raining. Right. Can we, so, talk, you know. can we talk about, JP, can we talk about the fact that there's not only males that play this game, there's females over there as well. So let's just include that as well. I'm not, really? I don't want to be presumptive. Yes. The on AFL all levels? Think, sorry? Is that on all levels? Uh, well, they've just started at a, uh, like a national level, like a, like the top I level, it. I guess. So it's almost like if they had NFL and NFLW, we have AFL and now AFLW as well. So yeah. Those have to be. What's up, guys? JP here. And I'm here to tell you guys about um, podcorn.com. It's a site that we use. It helps us find sponsorships so that, you know, we can pay to do this and continue to do this and cover all the costs associated with doing the podcast. Um, Podcorn, it's a marketplace. It connects podcasters um, with podcast sponsorships, which can be really hard to find. Uh, You don't know who to approach. You don't know what's going to be the right one. Um... What's going to fit your genre and your, you know, so uh, podcorn.com takes care of all that. You can get host red ads like this one right here, which is a paid sponsorship from podcorn.com, actually. Um, You can get interviews and segments through them on different topics and um, different sponsorships. And with Podcorn, there's no middleman. It's you and them, and that's it. And they, um, you can just browse right through all of the, um, the different sponsorships that are available at that any given time. You don't give up any rights to your podcast. You own your podcast. It's yours. Um, Podcorn doesn't want anything to do with with owning anything of it. They just want to help you find sponsorships and pay for it. So, um, the marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when to monetize. Uh, just click on the link in my show notes to sign up to Podcorn and stop browsing sponsorship opportunities now. Uh, who who wins in a fight, the girls or the guys? The girls. <laughs> Another Absolutely. thing that's crazy about the girls, yeah, the girls are uh, like more fierce than the than the men, and the right. reason is because a lot of these girls, because they didn't have junior football, uh, junior right. Australian football for women, so they're not they haven't played football for their entire lives growing up. So they're not used to protecting their bodies and getting used to the bumps and stuff without any of the padding and all that. So now when they play at such a top level and they're so fast, they run crashing in, they don't protect their bodies and they just bang straight in and they they get injured and they get they go at it harder because I think we're conditioned the males from playing Australian football from the age of six. You get conditioned to how you're going to get bumped, so you're used to it protecting yourself, and you almost become more of a chicken, I guess, whereas the women, they just no. go for it. That's, and that, it's right, because it becomes like almost muscle memory to, to mm-hmm. react to that stuff. Um, yeah, to protect and to brace, whereas right. they just go, they're at it, because they haven't, yeah, in generations that'll change in the next, because we have full junior women's football now. No. But yeah. What's the without getting too personal and giving too much information out? Mm-hmm. Um, don't in other words, don't give me a number. Okay. How does the paydays in wrestling compare here in Australia? Are you able to get more here as sort of an attraction? Um, yes, yeah, so due to like I think having a following is so important. Um, but in the regards to the United States of America to Australia, the Indies. I guess the paydays for someone of me is it's very similar and pretty much on par. They're almost the same. 
The only difference is in Australia, the most you'll get is two bookings a week because there's right. not enough shows. Whereas if I, I know when that my last few weeks of the tour I did last year, I was wrestling four to five times a week. That's enough to make, make money and live on and with merchandise. Whereas in right. Australia, doing it once a week, you're not going to, yeah, there's just not enough shows. But the pay is very similar and very on par on the independent that level. The thing that sort of impressed, one of the things that impressed me with you, along with your ability and that you have a look, that you actually had a table full of merchandise that people were buying at New England All-Star Wrestling, where I'd say for probably 80% of that crowd, it was probably their first time seeing you. Yeah, and I think that's so important, and I think that's one of the things I sort of jumped on board early. When I first started wrestling, the promotion I was with locally here in Australia, they no one had merchandise. It wasn't a thing. And I was like, I went and made yeah. some 8x10s, and then people started buying it, and then other wrestlers started doing it. And then um, I'm a graphic designer myself, so... I'm very big on just having a professional look. And if you look, whenever what I remember we had some ex-WWE talent come out here for shows and they had a merch table and they were charging for photos and photo ops and eight by tens and they had merchandise. And I was like, well, they're the big time professional. And they always say, if you want to get somewhere, you need to act like you're already there. Yes. So I was like, why am I not doing this? So I need to look professional, have professional merchandise, a logo and, you know, and yeah, that's just something I've always strived for and felt was very important, and it's paid off. Now, who have you? Who would you call a mentor? I, I like I was looking you up today, and I, I saw you had a few trainers listed. One being Orlando Jordan. Is that true? Yes, yes, it is true. Yeah. How did that come about? Like, if you were out, was he in Australia? He still lives here. Um, so yeah, um, I think I've been wrestling for a year at this point and he came out here for some of these shows. Um, some promoters brought out some some international WWE wrestlers and it was, it was really game changing because this is another thing in the United States on the Indies, there's current team, like, like today, Brian Myers and Joey Janela are on two different major promotions and they just wrestled for WrestlePro today. That, that happens every day for you guys. Right. Over yep. here, you have to fly them out. And when I first started wrestling in the, you know, uh, late uh, 2008-ish, that, that didn't happen. No no ex-WWE guys, no TV talent came out here to wrestle. It was all local Australians. And, wow. yeah, around 2012, a few promoters started bringing out some international talent. And, Orlando, and they started doing seminars and stuff. And Orlando Jordan actually decided to move here. And okay. he opened up a school. And... The school only lasted, I think, 12 months. But, yeah, I trained there with him. So he sort of retrained me a lot from the start. And, um, yeah, he helped me a lot in that in that respect, yeah. Now, does that, having somebody that's had TV experience, um, do they teach you the TV stuff? Not just the TV way of wrestling, but, like, the cameras and that type of thing. Because I think that's so huge right now if you want to get yeah, to that it, level. It's so important. He did. He was very big on that. He would even set he would set a hard camera up at training. So okay. we could watch back and he'd be like, look, watch this and then watch WWE. And you notice why it looks different? Because you're not wrestling for the camera. And with starting our school at the Relentless School of Pro Wrestling, we've been training like a lot of Australian guys when we were open and not in lockdown. And the one thing we noticed is no one knows how to work TV. And because no one out here is on TV. <laughs> so unless right. you've been overseas or there's be like, it's all just for local shows. So 
yeah, Orlando was big on training us for that. And then going forward, as a lot of my experiences, and I said, I said, you get a spot on Impact, like I did. I had one match. You know, you want to, you want to get the most out of it. And then the next day, I got a second match. So you want to, with those opportunities, you've got to be TV ready. And learning to work TV is like learning to wrestle is one thing, but learning to work TV is another whole thing. And yeah, it's yeah, uh, how, very important. How did the Impact match come about? Um, again, so bringing out international talent. Um, House of Hardcore toured Australia. And this is one of the things you've just got to do everything you can to do the right thing. So the people in charge of that, I was the, the promoter that was running those shows, I was already wrestling for their promotion. And then they were bring, doing this House of Hardcore tour. On the tour, I offered to help and, do, and set up ring crew. I said, I just want to, if there's an opportunity, sure. But if not, I just want to come help out and I'll be there. And like, yep. During the day, we had a seminar with uh, Bully Ray, Bob Ray Dudley. And then after the seminar, after helping set up, they're like, hey, um, Tommy Dreamer remembers you from the last time he was out here. Um, he likes your work, and they're going to put you in the main event with Willie Mack. I'm like, amazing. Right. <laughs> and it was just an opportunity there. So I had that match. It was really cool, and Tommy was really impressed. Um, and he's another person that Dreamer, I'd say, almost like a mentor. He's always, you know, he's great. I'll email him matches. He gives me feedback. And so when I was coming out for this trip to the States this time, I emailed him before I came. I said, look, Tommy, I'm coming out. There's a chance to do some more House of Hardcore work or anything. I'm, I'd love the opportunity. I'm going to be there. And he's like, yep, take these two dates. You're booked. And so I rocked up at the show. And then the, at the time, there weren't Impact shows. They were House of Hardcore shows. And then in time, when it came to it, it was a joint show with Impact. And like, yep, this is going to be Impact. This is going to be on TV. Um, you're, you're having a match here. And then you're having a match tomorrow. So it just sort of... Again, you from me cool. offering to help out at Ring Crew with a, prom a promoter here in Australia, that all that's sort of steamballed into that. <laughs> so that led to a main event, which led to a House of Hardcore booking, which became an Impact Wrestling booking. Yeah, and that they, and these are the things. And then, yeah, people just – and I drum this into our students at the training school. Like, you just be a good person and help out in any way because you impress the right person at the right time it can go a long way and that just goes to show. But that's another thing too. Once that I got the opportunity to have a match on House of Hardcore, I had to be ready and then do a good job. And then you do the right thing and impress the right people again. It just, it's just a continuous effect of if you just do try and tick all the boxes, opportunities will come to right. you. And yeah, I was forever grateful for having that. You don't want to burn a bridge either, but the best part about pro wrestling is if you do burn a bridge nine times out of 10, unless you like, did something completely horrible and you're just an evil person nine mm -hmm. times out of 10, if you show up the next show to help out and you shake the promoter's hand and say, whatever, you know, put everything at peace, you're going to be forgiven. Yeah. And I because think you're showing up to help out, but you don't want to burn the bridge. So I don't want to advocate for that, but that's just how wrestling is. You show up, you help out and things happen for you. It's going to open up a door. It's... Yeah. And just being humble too. Like I know like that off that opportunity was offered to a lot of guys. They said, hey, to a, a lot of us Australian wrestlers, they said, if anyone wants to come and help out, they're more than welcome to. We'd love the help. Um, we're not saying that that means there's a spot on the show, but if you want to come help out, we'd love it. And there was a lot of Australian wrestlers that were better than me that could have had that opportunity. But they, I don't know, for whatever reason, they th I don't know if they thought they were above doing ring crew or they just thought they were too good for that. But, it, you know, we're all, there's no, no one is above that. And it's just being humble and just trying to do the right thing. And when I went to the States for that tour, it was the same thing. My first day, 
with WrestlePro, I was like, I'm just here to help to train. I want to help. I want to be everywhere. Okay. So I helped set up the ring that day. And then the next day, I'm like, oh, you guys are going to be at WrestleCon. Can I come and help vendor? I'll take the money or I'll take the photos. They're like, yeah, all right. If you want to come help, help. I went and helped all day. And then the next day, and then on the second day, you know, Pat Buck was like, hey, um, thanks for helping. You've been a lot of help. We're going to give you a spot on the show tomorrow night. Then from that, they're like, you were really good. We're going to give you a spot on the next show. So it's again, you just got to be humble and just do the right thing and just yeah the more you can tick the right boxes and it goes a long way that's that's like the story that i think every wrestler needs to hear because like you said there's a lot of people that are offered those opportunities and sort of scoff at it so yeah that was exactly it there was wrestlers that were better than me that could have had that but yeah they just didn't put themselves in the right position i guess I think it's a common theme, JP, and I don't know what it is, why we always just uh, happen to just, is it the, uh, like the quality of people, like even Ace Austin that's in Impact talked about it when he was, even before his Impact opportunity, where if there was an open seat, like he was in it, like when the Chris brothers were going, or if somebody was going, like he was getting an open seat, he was available, he talked to everybody, said, hey, if you need whatever you need, whatever you need, whatever you need, and that turned into an opportunity on impact, which turned into what it is now where he's hanging out with FTR and impact on a regular basis. I don't know. uh, Bob Evans, Mm -hmm. brutal Bob Evans, who was a manager in ROH for a little while. He used to talk pretty well. And uh, he would always throw it onto Facebook. Hey, I got an open seat in my car. There's no promise. You have to drive and you have to chip in for gas. There's no promise of a spot, but you'll get into my, the seminar he ran. And you get into the show at least. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't get the opportunity if you don't take that seat in the car. That's exactly it. And Ace Austin's another guy that I met in 2016 on my first trip. And he was just doing the same shows I was, you know. We were doing these shows in front of nobody. Um, we, I wrestled him in front of, I think, like eight people. But then <laughs> I came back in 2019. I wrestled him again in front of, I think, 250 people. And by that point, he's doing impact shows. And then he got a contract and... So, yeah, it's, again, he, he was doing the right things. And you just, yeah, it, I, I tell guys, too, I'm like, hey, there's a show. It's three hours away. We're driving. If you want to come, you can come help drive, help chip in for petrol and fuel. And we're not saying there's a spot, but you can come and help, and then that might lead to a spot. And um, right. when I was at WrestlePro for the U.S. tour last year, I needed someone to drive me because I didn't have a car or a license in America. So I would tell the WrestlePro guys, hey, I have a booking here. It's two hours away. If someone drives me, I'll pay the I'll pay the gas and I'll try and get you on the show. And there was a young kid. His name's uh, he wrestles as Jay Cruz, and he drove me to a lot of shows. And I think he drove me to seven shows, and I got him onto six of them. And nice. you know, so and now the thing now is I'm not there anymore, but he's still wrestling for these promotions. So him helping me and just taking the opportunity got him bookings, and is still paying off for him now. Because a lot of the, it's hard to get exposure on the independent last level, unless you're into one of the sort of elite, like WrestlePro, I think, is sort of an elite independent group. And I don't mm-hmm. think they get the exposure they deserve. But like a Beyond Wrestling and something like that, that has like the weekly IWTV stuff. Like, yes. unless you're on one of those, you don't really get the exposure. So showing up to a show and talking to the promoter and, Maybe well, one of the other boys there recognizes you and say, hey, this kid's a good hand, and boom. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that was Jay, exactly it. Is that kind of where you're headed at with Bayhem Pro? Isn't that kind of what, what, what the ultimate idea and, and 
I mean, result of this is in Melbourne with Mayhem Pro is when it's when it's time again is to kick this up and be able to show like the talent that people are picking from Australia and bring it to the States. You can actually showcase that in Australia online. That's ex- exactly it. So when I went to Beyond Wrestling the first time, I was like, this is amazing. This is exactly what we need to do back home. <laughs> and with Mayhem Pro, that's exactly what we're going to try and do is like uh, Beyond has their, you know, the weekly IWTV shows. And I even said, like I've told our guys, like our goal is I want to do a YouTube show weekly and to try and build our name. So for us, it's not about making money. We just want people to see it. So if it's free on YouTube, people can see it for free in right. small sizes, but also long-term with our full shows, I would love to get on IWTV because look at the amazing things Beyond is, Beyond Wrestling's been able to do. So, yeah, that is exactly what we want here with Mayhem what? Pro. And then even, sorry, can, you going to say? Beyond started on YouTube as well. So, I mean. Yeah, that's it. That's, that is the model. That is the base model. But Beyond was something I set as a goal too. And I know, um, like, I was hanging out with Joey Janela a lot and he was awesome. He helped me more. He had no re- he didn't need to help me at all. And he just was like, hey, if you want this, I'll give you a hand. He's like, hey, I'm going to Beyond. I have no one to ride with. Do you want to come with me? I was like, yes, please. I take this four and a half trip in, you know, up to Beyond Wrestling with Joey. Uh, we get up there. You know, I meet Drew, the promoter. I meet everyone there. And Joey's like, hey, it's my friend Josh. He, um, he's from Australia. He'd love to get a spot on sort on beyond and drew's like yeah i might be able to get him in a couple of weeks so that led to have being on beyond wrestling you know a couple of weeks later and i had a match with solo darling drew put me in a great match and i'll you know forever grateful he put me in the match he put the match on youtube later it has over a million views and with that and that all came from joey just saying hey do you want to come with me on this trip that's awesome well, and so i mean what did you think about working with solo how fun was that she's amazing i love her um she's a legend uh, me, I worked, got to work her a couple of times on that trip, which was really cool and really fun. Um, yeah, and she's so good and technically gifted. Like there was, there was like some of the things she can do is awesome. So we could really have a nice, intricate match and do some really cool spots. And if you go back and watch it on YouTube now, we I think we told a really cool story. And um, yeah, she brings it too. Like I said, but she kicked the shit out of me. I'm like, this is awesome, you know. She brings it. <laughs> How do you feel with the intergender stuff? Um, I love it. And I think the, I always say the, the best thing about professional wrestling is it's not a real sport It is the best thing by a mile. Um, I can wrestle hungover. And also with regards to this, like we're all wrestlers. So gender doesn't matter. It doesn't, you can be any gender. It's irrelevant. You're a wrestler. And it's almost like, it's almost like a computer game. You just pick your character, Mortal Kombat, women, female, you know, I'm sorry, male, female, doesn't matter. You just pick your character. It's the same professional wrestling. We are characters and we are performers and athletes. So whether it's a male or female shouldn't matter at all. We can just have the same match, which is exactly how I approach those matches. And my intergender matches, I honestly think have been some of the best matches I've had. I think, and I, JPM, I know you just. I know you don't like them as much. As, I don't. I shouldn't say that. You prefer them less than you prefer other matches. Right. And my thing and is, I, if I, I watch an intergender match and Solo is pretty good at this, I have to forget that it's a male versus female. Yes. Well, I think that's, that's important. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's the. And that's again with Australia being behind the times, our generation of people is still very not forward thinking. So it's like, oh. That's a man and a woman. They can't be in the ring together. Whereas we don't, we have very little intergender wrestling here, and I've been pushing for it hard. And when we bring back Mayhem Pro, 
that's something I'm so um, bit, like strong on. Our first live show we did, um, yeah, the the main event it was main evented by a woman, and then our second live show uh, was again main evented with women going over with the going over both times because I wanted to prove that this is such an important thing. You might know her, Kellyanne. She wrestles for Ring of Honor. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I was like, she is one. I was like, she has the biggest following. She is one of the best wrestlers we have. She's wrestled in Canada. She was trained by Lance Storm. She's wrestled in Mexico, the United States, done a lot of shimmer work. And in Australia, I'm like, she is the biggest name we have by a mile. She should be our biggest star. So it made sense to build the shows around her. And then the fact that showing this empowering woman, you know, kicking all the guys' asses and being the biggest name, it's like, and the draw. And even to little things, like I said to her, I said, after the show, you know how if you have a, like a show, the baby face goes over and they'll cut a promo thanking the fans see you next time i was like can you cut that? i'm like have you ever had a chance to cut that promo she's like never she goes i never have done that i'm like they're awesome you know she got an opportunity to do that it was only something small but just the fact that you know we can do these things out here for the first time like more, more power to it well i guess what excites me about this more than anything else man when you're able to do it is that if Mark, matt farmer can do it with help in defy wrestling in the pacific northwest and make that as successful as he did um with like swerve going to nxt and then him himself following all along the way to mlw man the internet is the way to go especially if you can get what you need to get on youtube and get the views and i know you say like money isn't the option but mm -hmm. uh, in the end like the end game i think with the amount of talent and exposure that you'll get through what you're doing if it's marketed like you're saying through IWTV or anybody like that, especially with guys like me, that that's all I do is literally watch. Mm -hmm. yeah. that's, like that's all I do is just I'm yeah, looking right. for the next. I'm looking for the next big dude. Like I'm just looking for yeah. the next guy that has not only not only the look and stuff, but like you're talking about, like you have and Ace Austin has and Solo and and Shaza and all these people that we talk to is like I'm getting in the car. I'm gonna set up the ring. I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna be. Whatever I need to be, and if I get a shot, I'm gonna make it every shot I can take worth it. Yeah, it's that drive, isn't it? Now, um, do, you, do you have a favorite match that you've had, or a favorite opponent? Like, is this somebody who, when you get in the ring with, you know, you two are just gonna have chemistry and it's gonna be magic? Um, I think when people say favorite match, like you always think, like, what can you show them? I show them that match with Solo, darling, the Beyond Wrestling match. One, because I'm proud of the platform it's on, and I'm, I think, if as a quick, if you've never seen me wrestle before, if I'm at work and my work colleague's like, oh, you're a wrestler, can you show me something? I'll show them that. Okay. Because if I just show them, oh, here's me and someone in a local hall in Australia doing some clotheslines and stuff, but then they see, you know, me giving a girl a top rope hurricane runner, and <laughs> the, the, the fans are up against the ring smacking the mat, and like, it just has such a vibe, and it's such a strong thing. It's like, wow, that's what you do? And it's like Look. that chick is kicking, she's kicking the shit out of you. I'm like, yeah, that's what I do on the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that, yeah, that just has such a hook. And I think that is, and not, not that too. And I'm very proud of that match. And I just think it's very, it's very clean. It's very good. And we do some cool things. So yeah, overall, I was like, yeah, that's the match I show people. Um, but then too, like my favorite match, I guess where you learn is probably my favorite. Like, um, yeah, that's the one that springs to mind wrestling. Uh, big AC at impact for that house of hardcore show in the ECW arena, I think was just, there were so many like goals and bucket list things in that one match was so cool. 
Um, and then again, when I was back here in Australia, I wrestled Will Ospreay, and that was a huge oh. learning curve for me. That's, that's um, going to be pretty cool. That, um... Yeah, that's on YouTube too if you check it out. If you just search Will Ospreay VJXT, um, it happened for a, a promotion that's out in the country here, Gippsland Pro Wrestling. And um, there, it was just, yeah, it was a great opportunity. And I don't necessarily show people that match because I'm not so much not proud of it, but it's more though I, I, I was so out of my element. And I, um, it was a, like the Japanese style that Will does was so different to what I was used to. And even right before the match, I was really struggling to comprehend it. And not until after it was I like, wow, I was so out of my league in that match. But I learned so much from it. So that was probably another one that sticks out to me. Was it hard to trust yourself and your abilities? Um, not so much my abilities. It was more so just the style, like just the way everything was structured. So naturally for me in a match, like, oh, if I would do this move and then there was a pinfall or a hold, what would I naturally go to next? So then it right. becomes easy. It becomes like muscle memory, second nature. But because yeah. Will and I think it was it was very very Japanese style the way we did it. I was like, oh, the, what would come next was so different. That was tripping me up so much. So like ability wise, like physically, I had no issues at all, and I thought we were very clean in the ring. And he is so awesome to work with. Like he, I don't think you can have a bad match with him. But yeah, it was just the the style and structure of the match was so different to what I was used to. Just yeah, knowing to what to go to next or what would come after that, or yeah, it was very hard to get my head around and taught me so much. Especially like fighting spirit is real, and I felt it then. I was like, wow, I understand what that means now. It's yeah, it's a whole different uh, style for sure. Man, I, I I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Like we've almost already been an hour. Uh, I want to make sure that you get to plug as much as you need to plug as far as social media, where people can find you on your Twitter, where people can find um, the Academy if they want to look, uh, especially in the Australia area, because we do have people, believe it or not, that do listen to the podcast in oh, awesome, uh, Australia, sure. New Zealand over there. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? You get one kid that can make a difference, man. Just plug your stuff if you can, please. That's exactly it. So I'm at JXT underscore official, three letters, JXT. On Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, our wrestling school, which is here in Melbourne, it's the Relentless School of Pro Wrestling. Um, same thing, look them up, Relentless School of Pro Wrestling. They're on all my social medias. And our promotion that we will relaunch once we get out of lockdown and can physically touch people in a wrestling ring will be at Mayhem Pro. Um, so, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Mayhem Pro, Relentless School of Pro Wrestling, and JXT underscore official. But um, I'd like to thank you guys. This has been one of the best interviews I've ever done. You get a lot of these podcasts and, you know, they can be quite boring. But uh, you guys, I knew I knew this obviously speaking to you guys before. But, um, yeah, thank you again. It's been awesome. Oh, thank you, Jay. Appreciate we it. Really, yeah, we really appreciate it too because we know everybody out there that, and their mother that has a computer and a microphone and a camera can do this. But it takes mm-hmm. – Time, effort, and energy, and understanding what it takes to do what you do. And you're obviously a professional at your craft, and we really appreciate what you do, man. No, thank you guys. Because, like I said, while I'm here, I that can't, no one can talk about me, get no buzz. But you guys are in the market I want to break into, and it, it helps me so much more than it probably helps you guys. So again, yeah, can't thank you no, enough. No problem. You let us know, and we'll uh, I'll, we'll do everything we can for you. We'll put you. No, for sure. When yeah. we when we get things up and running, I'll um I'll tag you guys and I'll send them all through and hopefully you know you help me, I'll help you. That's, that's how it all works, isn't it? That's it. Yeah.
Uh, hey, stay, stay, stay with us here real, real quick, JXT. We're going to sign off here. TAW Mafia, I want to thank uh, on behalf of JP um, and JXT. Uh, follow us, Three Irish Boys. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the interview.